Welcome to another podcast from School of Surgery. Today we're going to talk about laparoscopic cholecystectomy. We'll cover the indications for surgery, the basic anatomy relevant for this operation. We'll talk about the surgical steps in a chronological order with some video overlay and finally discuss the complications relevant to this procedure. So in patients requiring a cholecystectomy, the laparoscopic approach is the accepted technique unless the patient isn't suitable for laparoscopic surgery. The most common indication is symptomatic gallstones. This includes biliary colic, cholecystitis and also gallstone pancreatitis. Rare indications may include cancer, trauma such as gallbladder rupture and a porcelain gallbladder. Contraindications to the laparoscopic approach may be identified preoperatively as in the case of patients who've had previous surgery but also intraoperative complications such as uncontrollable bleeding, unsafe dissection and damage to other structures such as the bowel. Next we'll talk about the important anatomy relevant for this procedure. Here we can see the right and left hepatic ducts which are draining bile from the liver and converge to form the common hepatic duct. Bile is stored in the gallbladder and travels via the cystic duct which joins the common hepatic duct to form the common bile duct. This goes on then to drain bile via the ampulla ovata into the duodenum. The next important part of anatomy is the blood supply to the gallbladder. The right hepatic artery, which is a branch of the celiac artery, gives the cystic artery which directly supplies the gallbladder. An important anatomical landmark is something called Callow's triangle. Now you'll see surgeons identifying Callow's triangle during a laparoscopic cholecystectomy as it helps identify some important anatomy. The inferior border of the triangle is made up of the cystic duct. The superior border is formed by the inferior border of the liver and the medial border by the common hepatic duct. And together these form a triangle. The reason this is important is not only does it help delineate the important anatomy but you also know that the structure running through the triangle is likely to be the cystic artery which is to be ligated for safe removal of the gallbladder. Now we'll talk about the operative steps, starting from the beginning with patient positioning right up to closure at the end of the procedure. So starting with step number one, first we'll talk about port insertion. In a lap coli there are usually four ports. The camera is inserted through the first port, the umbilical port, which is usually 10mm. We then have a 10mm epigastric port, a 5mm port directly over the gallbladder, and finally, a 5mm port in the midclavicular line. Patient positioning is really important in this operation. It helps improve exposure of the right upper quadrant. To aid this, we often see patients having their head raised up and the table is left side down. This first segment of video footage shows you the port insertion. Here we can see the epigastric port being inserted just lateral to the falciform ligament. And then on the lateral aspect, we can see insertion of one of the 5mm ports. Often surgeons will just insert a bleb of local anaesthetic just underneath the peritoneum prior to this. When you first insert the laparoscope, you'll often be encountered by this initial view of the right upper quadrant. Here you can see the gallbladder sitting in the gallbladder bed. We have some fat adhered to the gallbladder surface and you can see the liver behind. 
Next we'll talk about gallbladder retraction. Here we can see that the gallbladder is being grasped by a gallbladder grasper and then being retracted superiorly, often retracting the liver with it. And this allows careful dissection of some of these fatty adhesions off the gallbladder. This gallbladder grasper can be secured uh, using a towel clip on the outside of the patient or by, the, by means of the assistant. Next we'll talk about an important part of the operation which is dissection of Callow's triangle. Here we can see the gallbladder being retracted anteriorly and superiorly and subsequently there is blunt dissection of the area of interest around the cystic duct and cystic artery where the peritoneum is overlying this. Note that diathermy isn't used in this area as it is very close to important structures such as the common bile duct which is susceptible to thermal injury. As you can see the peritoneum is peeling nicely away and often these instruments can be used to make windows in the posterior plane. As you can see opening up the instrument allows for nice blunt dissection in those anatomical planes. Here we can see window being made more posteriorly. Another common method aiding the dissection is using the suction irrigation device. This allows for nice gentle dissection as you can see here just gently peeling away some of the overlying tissue, peritoneum and fat. This allows you to obviously simultaneously use the suction on the bleeding and also irrigate as required. Here we can see a good example of how a blunt instrument is being used to safely open up a window behind the cystic duct. Certainly as a medical student, when faced with a view such as this, it can be really difficult to decide what's what in terms of anatomy. Therefore, with the aid of an overlie diagram, we can see superiorly the gallbladder, we can see the cystic artery and the cystic duct, the cystic duct coming down to join the common bile duct, and finally the duodenum. Here we can see where we'd like to ligate the cystic duct and cystic artery. I think it's important to note how close these two structures are to other important structures such as the common bile duct and the duodenum. Next we'll see identification and ligation of the cystic duct and artery. Here you can see now that it's been identified the cystic artery is being clipped. Three clips will be applied and subsequently a cut will be made distal to the second clip meaning that the stump of cystic artery left behind has two clips applied. There's the third clip being placed nice and close to the gallbladder and subsequently being cut using a laparoscopic scissors. The cystic duct is clipped much in the same way as the cystic artery and here you can see the first clip being applied to the cystic duct. Next we'll see resection and removal of the gallbladder. Now that the cystic duct and cystic artery have been ligated and transected dissection of the gallbladder can begin and here you can see a hooked diathermy being used and the appearance of the loose areola tissue 
which is the anatomical plane for dissection. And the hook diathermy is very frequently used in this part of the operation as you're working your way away from the important structures. And also you can often encounter quite a lot of bleeding in the gallbladder bed as it's very close to the liver parenchyma. Here we can see how the hook diathermy is being used in the dissection of the gallbladder away from the gallbladder bed using the heel of the diathermy and adequate retraction laterally of the gallbladder and then easing its way off. Here you can see the gallbladder has been fully dissected off the liver and you can see a boot bag just on top of the liver and the gallbladder being delivered into the boot bag where it can safely stay on top of the liver while a final inspection for bleeding in the gallbladder bed takes place. Here we can see suction irrigation being used to make a final inspection of the gallbladder bed just to check from any bleeding from that liver parenchyma. As you can see here, it looks nice and dry without any further bleeding. Finally, we'll talk about closure. Now in terms of closure, the 10mm port sites should be closed with a deep and superficial layer. This would prevent any future formation of an incisional hernia. The 5mm ports are often closed with subcuticular sutures or wound glue. Finally, we'll talk about the complications of laparoscopic cholecystectomy. Bleeding may occur from the cystic artery stump itself or the liver parenchyma in the liver bed. Infection, this might be surgical site infection or intra-abdominal infection. A bile leak might occur from the cystic duct stump or directly from the gallbladder bed itself. There may be inadvertent damage to the common bile duct and this may require extensive surgical reconstruction. Damage to other structures, this may occur during the operation or during the laparoscopic port insertion. It's important to mention the risk of the anaesthetic and VTE or venous thromboembolism to those patients with, with significant comorbidities and finally the risk of conversion to an open procedure or indeed failure of the procedure. So just to go over what we talked about today, we discussed the indications for a lap coli, we went over the basic anatomy important in the procedure, the surgical steps were covered in a chronological order and finally we talked about the complications. Thank you for listening to a video podcast by School of Surgery. Remember you can follow us by searching School of Surgery in Facebook. You can subscribe via iTunes. Go directly to the website schoolofsurgery.podomatic.com and we'd like to say a final thank you to stores who made the video footage available. Thank you very much.